Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. They're not really talking about the drinking on the tour. Normally on these tours, there's some tryhard that's like, does the library open before six? Because I like getting up really early. It's like, oh, God. SI's Ross Dillinger. I'm sure you got at least told by the league, like, hey, let's not do that. Let's, uh, let's stop the whole, like, don't clench your fists when you signal a touchdown anymore because it'll go crazy on Twitter and viral on social media because fans are insane. And SI's Pat Forty. It is lawless, wild, crazy stuff going on down there. And somehow a Tennessee official got to the fans and said, hey, we got to dispose of that goalpost, okay? Because it's not regulation. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod week eight. We have race for the case a little later. Uh, We will pick a bunch of games. And one of the games we're going to pick is Ole Miss at LSU. But before we pick it, just don't tip your pick. Trying to get everybody down to the end here. Got to listen throughout or just fast forward if you want bad gambling picks. (laughs) Hey, we're getting better. I think we were all like four and two this last week, weren't yeah. we? we have, it might be our first, first we? ever all week. Right. We all had a winning record. Climbing out of a hole. Climbing out of a hey, hole. Hey, three weeks in, it was 10 games below 500. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> My locks have been locks. Yeah. That said, I have not even looked. in the While we tape this, I will figure out my lock. I'm above 500. Same here. I have a lock, but not much. Yeah. <laughs> my lock was, my, was a horrible pick last week. Everything else, I was very solid. I was one point away from being five. What we're trying to say is, don't listen to us. How about that? Yeah, I had, to, I had listen Toledo to us, as but my don't lock. bet us. That's right. Don't bet. Toledo. Don't listen to our bets. Listen, listen to me. Go broke. Yeah, yeah. I had my lock as Toledo last week, and I'm in the Michigan press box at the game, and Toledo starts their uh, their game with uh, Kent State, and they are trailing big. And Dave Briggs, great columnist for the Toledo Blade. Comes over and says, what's up with your lock? His home team, Toledo. And I had to tell Dave early. You have little <laughs> faith. <laughs> he agreed. He actually agreed. Lumbering Dave. Six um, foot nine let Dave Briggs, by the way. <laughs> Dave yeah. towers over everyone. He does tower. Yeah. Very tall, yeah. He's the tallest writer, sports though. writer, I, I believe. I think he is, yeah. Well, the guy can write, so. Yeah, he can. Yeah. yeah. He can write up there. Anyway, Ole Miss is visiting LSU. Ole Miss is 7-0. and They are ranked seventh in the country. The lane train is rolling. They are going to play LSU, and they are underdogs. 5-2 and two LSU. Vegas, the betting public, lots of people are not yet sold on the Rebels. And I got to say, uh, I mean, you look at their schedule, Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa. Really nice win over Kentucky, but it was close, 22-19. At Vandy, Auburn. So there's, you know, they're 7-0, but this is not your typical, what you'd expect schedule at this point of uh, of the deal. Huge game. We're going to get to the LSU part too, but huge game for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss because I feel like this is the one that at least sets up for this uh, massive second half. It's a, are you a top 
10 pro team? Are you a real playoff contender? Or are you just good to really good uh, in the in the SEC, which is nice, but it's like what step you got to take, and and it starts right now. Pap? Yeah, fascinating game. And I agree on both sides of it. The, the Rebels have had a great start without playing a lot of big games. They've a little bit flown under radar. They did have the game day showdown with Kentucky, and they showed up for that. They, they won the game. But the, the back half of the schedule here, three of the last five are on the road at LSU, at AM, at Arkansas. And Alabama and the Egg Bowl are at home. That's five big games and hard games. So, real interesting to see here. One thing I, I like, and I'm impressed about this this Mississippi team, is they are they're a ground and pound team. I know this is Lane Kiffin, and it's funny to think about going back to when he was at Alabama, and all the fans were just constantly run the ball, Lane, throwing it too much. Well, by golly, they're running it here. They lead the SEC by a pretty wide margin in rushing. Uh, they've run it 330 times and thrown it 184 this year. So they are a, a physical running first team. Uh, and that usually that usually travels well, usually plays well in bad weather. So I think they, they've got some legitimacy here, but we'll see if they've got enough defense uh, down the stretch in these games. And starting with LSU, which obviously is rounded into form pretty well. They had the bad loss to Tennessee, but Tennessee's really good. Other than that, they've they've been pretty darn impressive since that opening debacle. So big, big SEC West ladder game. Yeah, and it just it's like you said, it's kind of hard to tell how how good Ole Miss is. It's it's got one quality win over Kentucky in the last two games. You know, its defense in that Kentucky game, which I was at, was really it really impressed me. But I'm thinking more and more now that it might have been Kentucky's offense and specifically Kentucky's offensive line that struggled more in that one. Because the last two games, you know, Ole Miss has, has given up quite a bit of points to Auburn and, and actually to Vanderbilt, too. They found themselves down to Vanderbilt. So you wonder how good they are. And, um, you know, this game is big because it it will set up, you know, quasi-SEC championship games in November, SEC West championship games in November. So it, it, it would either be Ole Miss-Bama, for the SEC West title, potentially, or maybe LSU-Alabama for the SEC West. So, uh, because Alabama now has the one loss. So, should be it's shaping up to be an interesting SEC West since the Tide has that loss and LSU's rolling and, and Ole Miss is too. So, kind of an exciting uh, time in that division right now. Yeah, well, I think that's part of it too. So, certainly for Ole Miss, you're setting up, you know, the ability to have you know, they they then have to go to Texas A&M, but could they get to 9-0 and and have Alabama show up on November 12th? It would probably be, you know, that would be the focus. Huge day for your program. You get a million kids on campus for recruiting, all of those things. Or does it stumble and that loses a little heat? And then conversely for LSU, it's can we set up that game? It's almost like, the, you know, the Bama game for these two programs means – more than just a chance to win, LSU gets the six and two, and and they're playing Alabama. Now there's that focus, and there's going to be a lot of attention on how good of a job Brian Kelly's actually doing. Uh, look, that FSU loss was a crazy game in the opener. Since then, they've been very good, except against Tennessee, which no longer seems like something you got to apologize for. Right. Uh, maybe you don't want to lose forty to thirteen at home, but. It's it's not what it was not the blowout. You're not any good. And so, you know, how good are they? Well, they got a nice win over Mississippi State. They survived Auburn. They won at Florida. They beat Ole Miss. You know, you're six and two and you got that Bama game and then you end with at Arkansas, UAB and at Texas A&M. You're really sitting there saying I can get to nine wins my first year, maybe 10. If you know, who knows? I got this chance going into Bama. Actually, the game's at home against Bama. I'm sorry. They would host it. I think I said at Bama, but they would host it again. So just huge, a lot of things for these two programs and, and a lot to prove that, uh, that I think really kind of, kind of fascinate me on this. One other element there, you know, Lane Kiffin, Mr. Come to the sip. Is it, uh, if you keep building this thing there, is it stay at the sip yeah. <laughs> for him, for Lane? 
You know, uh, he's. I, I think he had a little bit of the wandering eye last coaching carousel mm -hmm. season. There's been some talk that uh, he and Auburn could possibly be a match. But what if what if you go win the SEC West at at, at the SIP? Uh, I mean, why why not try to build it and keep it going there at, at Mississippi? I, yeah. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of speculation. We don't know for sure. You know what his level of interest might be in another job for this carousel iteration, but. Lane's name will always be out there. It would be somewhat historic, too, the SEC West, uh, Ole Miss winning the SEC West. I believe they're the only team in the West not to have won the West. You know, 30, it been right, 30 years have, in existence. Yeah, and have not. Never have played in the SEC championship yeah. game. Mississippi now. State even yeah, won it he, one year. Arkansas has won it two or three years. Eli but, Manning but, had yeah. them playing for the for it once, and then the Egg yep. Bowl was for it, right? And Mississippi State won. Who won that game? No, that wasn't for yeah. the SEC West, but. No, I, I want to say it was like the week before or something when Ole Miss needed to win. Like they were, they were, they had it like on their racket, but couldn't finish it. It was late in Eli's, I think last season. Eli had a bit, I know he had a big game, but so let me ask this. At this point, we know Tommy Tuberville left Mississippi to go to Auburn, whatever that was, in a X number box. of years ago. Yep. It was in, <laughs> I will not leave unless I'm in a pine box. And then he left. Uh, inducements. Inducements. We need guardrails, Tommy. We need guardrails. Can't have this inducements going on. Uh, someone offered more money. Someone reached out and let him know that if he transferred <laughs> to another school, he get more. I don't know. That, that is, cannot be allowed. What is going to happen to our sport? All right. Anyway, stay off that soapbox. I got like half of Utah mad at me this week because they're going. <laughs> hey, Dave Revson from Big Ten Network. We were talking off air uh, yesterday, and he. He said he he chuckles at the guardrail trope, but you got to have some structure here, Dan. You can't no. just have people just leaving, going everywhere. Why? Contract, give them contracts in or something. Yeah, right? Make them employees. Go ahead, make them employees. Yes, you can have people leave. Yes, you can. I, I, I've had a couple of discussions. Well, this is a small segue before we get back to Mississippi and Auburn. So they want, they want like three things. They want that nobody can induce anyone to leave to go to another school, All right? That's, that's one of the things they want. Like I say, everything's an inducement. There's a reason that all the baton twirlers in the SEC are size zeros and wear these, like, high-cut uh, outfits. It's all an inducement. Everything on earth is an inducement. Drive down the road, they're telling me how good the Arby's barbecue sandwich is better than the McRib, right? Everything's inducement. Two. So that ain't going to work. Two, they want a market rate. You can only get your NIL if it's for the market rate of your performance and not anything else. Well, that's completely illegal. And what, what you are worth what you are willing to pay. Does Mel Tucker have to give back the money? Does Jimbo Is Jimbo Fisher working at market rate this year? I don't think so. Give me a break. There's no way to, these first two are either illegal or impossible to enforce. And the third one, they want like some kind of database. Why is it my business to tell you what, uh, you know, come on. They were told you cannot control these people's, these players' uh, ability to make a living by the Supreme Court of the United States in a nine to zero verdict. And they all said, yep, I got it. Now let's control how these people make, a, it's like, come on, listen, so. Well, it, it, there are no point, you don't need rules. There are no rules. <laughs> your point is well taken, but uh, like <laughs> you're looking at this just purely as a business, and that's not what college athletics has historically been. That's the thing. I get that, but make them a part of the business. Well, It'll, it's coming. I think it's coming. Employees, I, I'm all for it. I don't care. But until then, what? Just let it go. It's not going to be a problem. You're just nervous. Everyone's nervous. All right. So there was an inducement. Tommy Tuberville left for Ole Miss. Funny thing, Ole Miss is better than uh, Auburn. Tommy didn't do anything. He would have been the senator of Mississippi instead of Alabama. <laughs> what at this stage, though, because Mississippi has come a long way in their football program. I mean, their their facilities are really good. The stadium's much better. Like they've 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 jazzed everything up. It's still a good spot. It's a smaller state, but they've got a ton of money from the SEC. Is it really a better move 
and and Auburn's a cluster of boosters. Like, is it really? Are you really better off at Auburn than Mississippi at this stage, Ross? What do you think? Well, well if, if he if he wants to win a national championship, obviously the the better odds are Auburn. Just look historically, right? I mean, Auburn went undefeated or played in the national championship game three times in the last 17 years. Ole Miss hadn't done that in 60 years. So I, I think if you look at it from that point, but I, I, you know, I do get a different feeling about Lane and the people around Lane compared to last year. Like it, it does seem more settled this year. You know, his, his, I was up there a couple of weeks ago. Like his, his daughter just moved there with him. His son might be, I think, moving there with him. They seem pretty comfortable. They got the NIL thing going. When I was up there, they had the big NIL presentation show, so they got that going. So I, I do feel a little more better about him staying than I did last year, or wanting to stay, him wanting to stay than I did last year. But you probably are still going to get it, – it still is difficult to recruit to Mississippi. It, it's Mississippi State, too. Like, it's difficult to recruit to Mississippi for a lot of reasons, and – even though Alabama, and why Ohio, is it harder there than an Auburn? Well, you, other than you're closer to Atlanta, which produces more players than being close. Well, right, to Memphis. I think you're you're closer to probably players. Yeah, whether it's Florida or whether it's Atlanta, and I just think you know Auburn's got a what probably twenty thousand stadium that seats twenty twenty five thousand more people. You know, it's bigger, it's grander. They're building they're building a brand new football facility. I think they just broke ground recently on it. So I, I think they have more resources. It's not that much more, but maybe it's it's enough to get a, enough better yeah. players, right, to do the things like they've done, like play in the championship game a couple times and go undefeated. And so I guess it depends on what Lane really wants. Uh, but maybe maybe Ole Miss can get to that point uh, with the transfer portal, the way Lane is using it. Maybe they can get players that in the past they couldn't. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting question. Like, it shouldn't be that significant of a gap, theoretically, between Auburn and Ole Miss in terms of what you can do, but but it is. Uh, it has been. Historically, like you said, I mean, the only time Mississippi has competed for national championships is when it was a white people-only sport. Yeah. Uh, that was a long time yeah. ago. So, you know, Auburn has won national championships, has competed for national championships, has won, has been in the SEC championship game quite a bit. And whether it is proximity to Georgia, proximity to the Florida panhandle, whatever South, it is. South Georgia too, man. South Georgia. Right. Yeah. So Columbus, Georgia's right across the river. Yeah. Uh, uh, Valdosta's not far away, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you yeah. Know, it's, it, just, it seems smaller than it used to. Right. You know, when I first, I haven't been to Ole Miss in a few years, but when I used to start going down, like it was definitely like not built up. It just was like everything there was very old and like it just wasn't. Now it's like sparkling. And even like, you know, you even the town, like, this, you know, around the square, there's, you know, uh, hugely expensive condo developments yeah. and all that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's gotten kind of wild. You know, it used to just be a place to go to square books and read a book. And, you know, now it's like all this stuff. So I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's maybe closer, but you know, at Ole Miss, you're the, you're the university of Mississippi, which, you know, generally helps being the main school. And at Auburn, you're, you're not the university of Alabama. You, you, and they both have to deal with Alabama doing whatever they want, but I don't know. It's, it's tricky. I just think it's closer than maybe when Tuberville made the move and you went, yeah, I get that. But look, if you can start hauling players from Georgia over, but then again, that didn't, it's not like everyone else doesn't know there's players there. So, oh, interesting. We will see what goes down in the future. Speaking of Mississippi, I did want to give this update. And uh, we'll see. Producer Sean did a great job the other day. He played the screaming children of the Little no. Blessings Child Care Center <laughs> in our backyard. <laughs> uh, Hamilton, Mississippi, which is closer to state. Closer to Starkville, as, as Ross right. pointed out. Yep. Uh, so they might, this might be Bulldogs, Bulldog Country, the Little Blessings Child Care and Learning Center uh, <laughs> that uh, decided to uh, try to teach their little blessings to clean up and, uh, and, and behave by having one of their workers don a scream movie mask, that scary mask they put on. 
and scream and chase the children around the, the daycare and learning <laughs> childcare and learning center. So they had been fired. Well, the video went uh, viral, obviously, and we, we yeah. were even we were talking about it. And uh, the people's court is not their only problem. They're going to real court. <laughs> yeah, uh, four of them were arrested. <laughs> The still, Monroe still pictures County. Of this are just—it's just. It's just a, please Google it. Just Google it and watch the video. Yeah. I mean, rewatching. I haven't watched the video yet. I mean, it's 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 wrong. I mean, it's, <laughs> the, the pictures are just awful. I laugh. I, mean, I think it's funny. Hilarious. But it's ab- yeah. It's horrible. It's I it's mean, it's funny because it's, just, it's not your kid that's going to need a lifetime. Yeah, right. my kid. It wouldn't I would have been down. If it was my kid. Yeah, it would not be funny. They're going to be counting their little blessings when yeah. I'm done with that. Yeah. 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 They better I mean, hope no they way. make it to prison. All five, yeah. all these little kids are going to be traumatized for life and acting out yeah. and have no, like, no connect. They'll have, like, no emotional connection with, like, adults and stuff. Yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to end well for these guys. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Sheriff, Monroe County Sheriff Kevin Crook. <laughs> it's funny. Sheriff's name, Crook. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's like some kind of uh, sitcom or something. Mississippi yeah, sitcom right. set in Mississippi the jail. With the, with the the sheriff's sheriff name Crook. Crook. Uh, all right. There you go. Might want to check. You know, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but check the <laughs> embezzlement and all that. But yeah, it's like maybe a different different career choice, or maybe he's compensating. I don't know. Anyway, Kevin Crook's on the case. They can't use corporal punishment, so we think they were using the master to scare kids into doing what they were supposed to be doing. He's calling it behavior modification. So four of them, all in their 20s. I mean, one of these, Sierra McCandless, is 21. Yikes. Three counts each of felony child abuse. Oh, my. Uh, another woman seems to be the supervisor, maybe. Uh, was 44. She, Tracy Hudson, she was charged with misdemeanors because she didn't report it. Uh, she didn't play. And then the owner had no idea. And when she found out, she fired everybody. But yeah, felonies. Yikes. So if you run a daycare center and in the unlikely event, there's a lot of daycare center employees listening. <laughs> don't do this. Can don't I do this? Also say the sheriff said because they couldn't use corporal punishment, this was the next best thing. That's like, that's why they, would corporal punishment of a three-year-old necessarily be considered a good idea? Uh, it's, well, <laughs> no, he, he said they're not well, allowed. We could just hit the three-year-old and things would be better, but we had to resort to <laughs> scaring them to death instead. Right. They, what, are we, what are we doing here? These pesky laws they came up with to uh, <laughs> pro- pro- prohibit us from beating on the children <laughs> for not cleaning up. Wow. <laughs> uh, so we town to of Hamilton, Mississippi. Holy crap. Parents of Hamilton. I, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you want a uh, either horrified, it probably tells you a lot about uh, someone, whether they're horrified or they laugh. Uh, Ross and I clearly are <laughs> might be on the wrong uh, side of uh, this one. But. Lock them up. I'm fine with that. Couple interesting things. I, I feel like this is a, 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 a hint at what is going to come. Alabama fans did not take the loss to Tennessee well. Uh, and and I, I feel like we don't, like Alabama is going to start losing at some point. Like they're going to replace Nick Saban. And I hate to break it to you. You'll, you'll get a coach not as good as Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he may be great, but he ain't going to be Nick Saban. And you're going to start losing these games. And I feel like, like it's bubbling up. They're like they're they're like in a couple of years, it's just going to be Bama fan going bananas when they lose because they're they're accustomed now to winning every game. Yeah. Uh, one, we had a, a breakdown of a referee signaling a touchdown or a uh, yeah a touchdown for Tennessee after an instant replay. And he kind of the way he signaled it, he kind of clenched his fists on the way down and it looked and they're breaking it down on whether this re- this referee was celebrating the Tennessee victory. Have you watched this film, gentlemen? Yes. Oh, yeah. Terrific. Can't miss it. It's terrific. It has eight, it. currently has 890,000 views. It just, just means more, Twitter. Dan. It just means more. Was he celebrating the Tennessee victory or was he doing like this hardcore, like that's probably the way you're supposed to really signal it like a thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. I'm sure he got. I'm sure he got at least told by the league, like, "Hey, let's not do that. Let's uh, let's stop the whole like 
don't clench your fist when you signal a touchdown anymore because it'll go crazy on Twitter and viral on social media because fans are insane. Well, the best thing about it is, is while, while this is absolutely fan-driven, it's from a media outlet, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, which I guess exists. I don't know, but they well, do have an employee. That sounds like an SEC. unbiased... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. They they have an employee who comes to SEC Media Days every year and asks like 57 questions. He he commandeers the microphone and and, uh, is very much part of the show. But so that (laughs) this actually generates from a quote unquote media outlet. Yeah. I don't care what the referee does after he signals a touchdown. Who who really cares? I am I am going to step out on the very thin limb here and say that was not an indication that he was really thrilled that Tennessee scored. Good God, people! <laughs> I did talk to uh, I talked to, and I think it was Ryan McGee whose dad was an, a referee made the point on Twitter's like. He, you want to know why we can't get people to referee because of stuff like this? Yeah. People are like concocting conspiracy yeah. theories out of thin air. And I did talk talk to Matt Austin at a game a couple of weeks ago who does a lot of the uh, ESPN booth replay. You know, he's everybody has to have an official now yeah. to officiate the officials. He said, like, high schools, they can't get people to ref. They can't get their numbers are down. Uh, and again, that's the feeder system to the colleges, to the small colleges, to the bigger colleges. Who the hell wants to be a referee when this is what you get? Yeah. You signal the touchdown correctly. You bring your hands down. You do a fist. And then all of a sudden now you're, you are viral across the World Wide Web as a potential fan in disguise. Come on. It's, 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 it's awful. Uh, that part and and the abuse every fan of uh, refs of every sport we see it all yeah. the time yep. use sports it's like you know i've seen people screaming at refs at nine-year-old ten-year-old soccer games it's like this isn't the world cup <laughs> no. okay your kid is not in the world cup and neither is the ref <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the guy's just getting some exercise like soccer he's getting 15 a game 25 bucks a game whatever like Okay, maybe maybe it was an offside, but whatever. It's okay. Just relax. Yeah. If, if you ever find yourself angry at a ref, you're in the wrong. Right. Unless they went little little uh blessings daycare on your child's sports team. <laughs> you're in the wrong. Okay? Just just step back, take a deep breath and relax and we we need referees uh to do this thing. Uh there was also a conspiracy theory that uh the 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 goalposts at one end of Neyland Stadium that uh, Alabama missed the (laughs) field goal were not of regulation uh, with, and so the kick would have been good if it was, (laughs) and the Tennessee fans knew it. That's why they tore it down and threw it in the river to conceal the evidence. They're hiding hiding the weapon. It's amazing. <laughs> it's not the crime. It's the cover-up. It's amazing. <laughs> the evidence is in the bottom of the river. That's where they threw it in the river. Yeah. They want to the drag the, they want to drag the Tennessee River and prove, okay, this is this is Alabama fan now. Like they are really yeah. on edge because <laughs> they know they lost one game. They probably could have lost three. Yeah. 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 yeah they could. They think uh, about yeah. this. Uh, the 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 possibility of this one right so it is complete mayhem as ross knows he was there like it is lawless wild crazy stuff going on down there and somehow a tennessee official got to the fans and said hey we gotta dispose of that goalpost, okay because it's not regulation right. right here's what you're gonna do you're gonna carry it out and you're gonna take it and you're gonna dump it in the river ready go yeah Oh, yeah. No, they like bat signaled the SAE fraternity and said, get, <laughs> yes. get down there. Get, get the, get the, get it, get in the river. Let's go. got to hide it. Throwing the murder weapon in the river is an old one. Yeah. It's an it's, old it's, trick. Hey, remember like they found all these bodies and stuff in Lake Mead out there in uh, Vegas? Yeah, yeah, right. All the, all the gangster bodies from uh, back in the day. Yep. Now that it's drying up from Vegas. Yeah, that's good. Finally, uh, this was inevitable. An Alabama man has been arrested after reportedly having a dispute with his neighbor over the Tennessee game. Ricky Franks Jr. was involved in an argument with his neighbor after the loss. Apparently, the neighbor was a Tennessee fan, and he was an Alabama fan. Franks Jr. left the neighbor's home, got a shotgun, went back, and shot up the house. 
Fortunately, no one was injured. The, the neighbor appeared to have left. He probably fled. <laughs> so we've seen a lot of gunplay through the years after the uh, these heated losses. Don't do that. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. That's not good. There are definitely. <laughs> there may not be a specific statute on the on your on your state laws about putting a putting a a screen mask on and yelling at children, uh, but there is one for shooting people. So don't do that. It's just a college football game. More importantly, the guy you were shooting at could have been a college football inquirer or subscriber. <laughs> That's true. And I don't need to lose any people here. They, we need but, all our listeners alive. Well, again, everybody knows the standard marching orders, though. If somebody does pass away, you keep them subscribed. Get them autoplay so it yeah. keeps running. Yeah, come yeah. on now. Download, download, download. This is what you get for being a Tennessee fan living in Florence, Alabama. So, <laughs> yeah. so we have uh, we have all of that. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Uh, all right, I got some trivia. I wanted to do this for a couple, couple weeks now. I have some great football trivia. So you guys have to promise, like hands up, at like it's like the end of a cooking competition. No googling the answer, okay? You and, and we'll, we'll, we'll like shock. We'll, we'll roll through this. No googling the answer. This is a great thing. So I was at uh, Miami, Ohio, a couple weeks ago, on a, on a like a campus tour. Right, uh, beautiful place, by the way. Beautiful place. Highly recommend the uh, school. It's gorgeous down there, Oxford, Ohio. During the tour, you know, let me say this. Uh, there's one other thing happened during the tour. We might have to hand out a small sample Heisman. <laughs> We're on the tour, right? So you got a student and their parent, like a high school kid and their parent. And uh, we're wandering around. You know, you got the the tour guides, like a, 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 a you know, student there. Uh, here's the library. This is how you know, we got this quad. And we all go to hockey games, whatever they got. So... At one point in the tour, she goes, says to the group, does anyone have any questions? And this is my small sample Heisman winner. This high school girl raised her hand and goes, where do the kids under 21 drink? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. On the official tour. <laughs> awesome. With their mother there. Wow. <laughs> I admire the honesty, right? <laughs> Let's just and keep it real. And their sorority or fraternity house. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, right. this the woman was flustered. Uh, I got to yeah, say, I the guide imagine. was flustered, was not expecting that because she had mentioned up. Well, there's this uptown area, and they got a lot of restaurants. Yeah, you know, there's really they're not really talking about the drinking on the tour. So, <laughs> and normally on these tours, there's some tryhard that's like. Is the library open before six? Because I like getting up really early. It's like, oh, God. All right. Show off. The emissions department is not here. You're not getting in with this crap. This one goes straight the other way. I want, if it had been appropriate, I would have gone over and fist bumped her. I was like, this is the best question I've ever heard on a on a tour. The late, the, so we didn't really get an answer for that, but I just I want to shout to out to whoever the hell you were on the yeah. Miami, Ohio campus tour a couple weeks back. I hope you have a tremendous career at college doing whatever the heck you're doing. <laughs> I think she's going to have fun in college. Yeah, she is going to have fun. Time. I'm like, be her roommate. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, where do you drink? I was like, that. there's a new one. All right, so here's the trivia. Before Miami, the fake Ohio. IDs? I, I, the, late, the girl, the, the tour guide was, she's just like, wow. And then she's like, you know, uh, if you really want to party, the big party school is Ohio University. She said, oh, yeah, go, go to Ohio somewhere University. Else. Not, yeah, no, well, like half our tour group like peeled off immediately and started driving <laughs> across the state, I believe, to, to Athens. I, I don't know. I think they can get after it. Isn't everywhere a party school at this point? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Other than like Ohio Liberty, U, a couple places, I think even there. 
Even Liberty. Oh, uh, I think I don't. I mean, like Liberty, BYU, right? I mean, they have like rules. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Other than that, come on, you're gonna get. You can get. All right. So Miami, Ohio has as their alums Benjamin Harrison, the 23rd president of the United States. He was the he was an alum of the Miami, Ohio, Miami University in Ohio. Okay. Also, not not a, not one of our more famous presidents. One termer. One-term guy, but he's a Civil War hero. He's big on Manifest Destiny, all that. Two, they have as an alum Ben Roethlisberger, who is a Super Bowl champion. So here's the question for all of you, and no cheating. Five schools in the country have a person who became the President of the United States, an alum who became the President of the United States, and someone who started and won a Super Bowl. Mm. Five schools. Wow. Miami, Ohio is one of them with the Harrison Roethlisberger <laughs> duo. Unlikely duo, but there they are. Name the other four. Okay? Name the other four. I mean, there's only so many it, Super Bowl champs and there's only so many presidents. So okay. get One after it. Now, so it's going to go, be Super Bowl era, which was what? 19? Super Bowl era, and you have to be the starter. Well, it's not like, oh, that guy was like holding the clipboard and the backdrop, like, right, and won. Yeah. So here's the... the one of them, a layup, Michigan. Gerald Ford, Tom Brady. Gerald Ford, Tom Brady, Michigan. All right, we're going to go back and forth, and you got to be quick. We can't be doing, oh. I have no right, idea. You I, I don't something. even, I, I have Or no you idea. can just group. Uh-uh. Maybe it's like maybe it's like family feud where you talk amongst yourself while the other <laughs> steal. You have no idea? No idea? Princeton's had, I think, the most presidents, but I but can't think of a quarterback. Yeah, Super Bowl not era, Princeton. Not. It couldn't be one of those in the Super Bowl era. That's what I was thinking, too, that it would be an Ivy League, but not in the Super Bowl era. Yeah. Not the Super Bowl. Nope. Goodness. Not. Uh, this is a tough Alabama eat. hadn't had a president. Alabama hasn't had a president or, I. well, what, Namath. Namath Bart won Bart Starr, Joe Namath, both. Yep. All right. Bart yeah. Starr. That's true, right? Yeah. Did Navy have a president? Well. Ooh. Ooh. Is Starbuck in there? Roger Starbuck, and to, for the sake of not just having this drag on as bad podcasting, Jimmy Carter is ah. a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. Ah. Look at there. So, yes, Navy, Michigan, and uh, Miami, Ohio. There are two to go. Two to All go. Right, let's think. What about let's Texas? Think. University of Texas. They have nobody. now. No. LBJ went to Texas State. Uh, did he and, really? And I don't know that any Texas player won the Super Bowl. How about Troy, UCLA, Troy Aikman, and... No. Okay. No presidents. Okay. Notre Dame, Joe Montana, any presidents? No from presidents from Notre Dame. No. no. Uh, I, think, I think there's only been like two Catholic presidents. Give anyway. us a give us a conference. There's a Pac-12 okay. and a FCS. Oh, boy. All right. Pac-12. Oh, FCS. Pac-12 oh, and FCS. Stanford, the, oh. the Jim Plunkett Delaware. and Jim Plunkett US? and John Elway both won Super Bowls yeah. and came out of Stanford. Can you name yeah. the president from Stanford? Oh, there is one. Stanford is it. Herbert Hoover. Oh, wow. Herbert mm-hmm. Hoover. Okay, so we're down to one. The last one. No wonder one. in my five years of association uh, with Stanford, they never really celebrated Herbert Hoover. No, good reason. <laughs> Uh, Dan is the final Delaware, Joe Flacco and Biden. You got it. Whoa. Joe Biden and Joe Flacco oh, from Delaware. Sean. Old Yankee conference there, uh, right? Yeah. Did you play Delaware well done, when Sean. you were at URI? We did. I think we split with them. There you go. All right. See, Biden. Sean is the FCS guru, so that's good. There it is. <laughs> Biden, Flacco at Delaware, Ford, Brady at Michigan, Carter, Staubach at Navy, Hoover, Elway slash Plunkett at Stanford, and the Roethlisberger Harrison. That's good trivia. I don't know if that's yeah. good podcasting. Probably yeah. not. But I yeah. liked it. Yeah. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm glad I contributed on that one, by the way. Yeah. you're. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, can we name a president? No. No. Even the know. current guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll give you Herbert Hoover's a little tough, but the, uh, one of them is actually uh, a currently a president. All right. One other interesting bit. Nashville is potentially getting a massive $2.1 billion dome stadium, which I think is, uh, it's obviously for the Titans, but that could open them up for future college football championship games. And I think a college football title game in Nashville 
mm. would be phenomenal. Yeah, Nashville's yes. awesome. And I'm sure it'll be downtown. I'm sure the stadium's going to be like bought near the river yeah. and all that. I, yeah, I mean, that's like a, that's tremendous. Yeah. Actually, it's near closer to Interstate 24, it says here. Okay. I hope it's the one, their stadium now is right. Right. Yeah, right, right downtown. Right downtown. It's terrific. If you ever cover yeah. a game there, you just walk yeah. or attend a game. You can stay in downtown Nashville and uh, yeah, and go. So this may not be quite. I hope that may be further out, but it's a little probably further out. But still, I mean, it, that's the, I mean, it is a great city. It has grown so fast that it's kind of outgrown its infrastructure. And you add a dome into it. Okay, they're going to have some work to do there. But that would be in terms of. It's fairly centrally located, more so than other places in the south to mid-south. Yeah. And it's a fun destination. The weather is going to be better there than in Indy. It, uh, it, I, I think it would be really a good location for that. Actually, it may just be in the p- current parking lot. Of, oh, that would yeah. be good. That would be ideal then. Whatever they're 30. calling that. Yeah. Right. So it's just like that's the closer part to nice. 20. There's, if you've been there, there's... I-24, then there's a huge parking lot, then there's the stadium, and then there's the river, and the bridge is right in. So it, it would still be really good. But I, that, to me, would be maybe the ideal spot because Nashville, certainly in the SEC footprint, but it's also not not a bad drive from the Midwest. So right. if you That's end up said, with kind of a Big located. Ten SEC game, or I mean, it's usually just SEC versus SEC, but let's let's pretend. I mean, you can't get much, so, and it's just a great city. So, like, New Orleans, is, I, I love New Orleans for the big games because it's just a great city to be in. Yeah. And you can walk, and there's a lot close. of, lot yeah. of pot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so much better than Miami or Glendale or. Yeah, can't walk in Miami. Uh, Arlington. <laughs> no, yeah. don't do any of that. So, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. All right, one last one. There was a, at halftime of the Penn State-Michigan game uh, last week, there was a uh, kerfuffle in the tunnel. So there is one tunnel at Michigan. Michigan Stadium is old. Uh, much like Notre Dame, there's just one tunnel. Really? There's yeah, not, both teams go in and out? Goes, I didn't know that. Wow. Both teams go in and out the same tunnel. That's wow. why there's been some famous brawls yeah, at Notre that Dame. Be pro- that could be problematic, yeah. Yeah, and the tunnel is like, uh, it's like a hallway. It's like a school hallway. It's not, it's not a tunnel like where they you can like I, I guess they can get some trucks in there, but I I don't know, I don't know that they can. It's not one of these like you're driving a couple eighteen wheelers each way through the thing. It's it's tight, and so it got it. You know, so the goal is you send one team up, and then the refs work as a buffer, and then the next one. But anyway, as they were all going up the tunnel, there was some uh, arguing going on, some chirping from the Penn State. If you remember this game, Michigan totally dominated the game, but Penn State was in with like one point or something at halftime. So during the the kerfuffle, uh, this is according to uh, the Abigail O'Connor, the director of performance nutrition for Michigan. She said that uh, Penn State player threw peanut butter and jelly sandwiches (laughs) at the Michigan players. They apparently had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches waiting for them for like a halftime snack. Right. And uh, they armed themselves during the art. Cause you know, you're, you're like, you're, you're like the reserves, right? You're back. You're not in the front line where you might be able to chirp and yell or maybe even throw a punch. So they started hucking PB and J's at them. <laughs> Ross, you are a big PB and J guy. I mean, right? this is look, one of your, if, if I can make a are list, you offended? a list of items or objects that I would want thrown at me. Right, PB and J would be at the top of the list. One, it's soft; it's not gonna hurt you, right? And PB and J, if you make it right, you throw it; it's not gonna fall apart either. So it's still edible. You can eat it afterward after it hits you. Yeah, you just unwrap it. Okay, I know this is a this would be a great like uh, top five list of things you'd want thrown at you. But PB and J would definitely be at the top of that list for me. What if it's a chunky, not creamy peanut butter? Mm, I mean, the nut. I mean, sure. I'll the take nut it could if I'm like chip enough. an eye or something. Like yeah. you don't want that. Yeah. If I'm hungry enough, I'm I'm eating it. Uh, I would rather the creamy, but uh, you know, I'll take what I. Well, I'll take what's thrown at me, Dan. Five second rule: If it hits you and falls to the ground, you pick it up. You Absolutely. eat it. Absolutely. I think they were wrapped. 
I think oh, they're wrapped. even better. And you're just like basically the, like giving your lunch like the master sandwich oh. is all wrapped in the paper. Yeah. yeah, very good. They're wrapped up, Perfect. and then they huck the and there's video of these sandwiches flying. Um, <laughs> apparently, rule I did not know: you're not allowed to eat on the sideline. Ah, okay. Is that there's no food MCA allowed rule? on the sideline. I don't. <laughs> It's, sure it is. Like I would uh, want a nice. So I would want the side like a nice like Chipotle buffet out there. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, <laughs> eh, it looks like a long drive yeah, here. Bean burrito. Let's get us a bean go, burrito for this next yeah. drive. Go fix up a quick taco, chicken yeah. burrito. Yeah, put the verde sauce on there. That's yeah, right. Spicy. Um, Let's I, get I mean, spicy imagine. Salsa. Imagine if the schools were allowed to do that. Like they, so they tried a inducement, right? They would one up each other. Like Texas and would be grilling steaks over there and stuff. Yeah. Like, hey guys, <laughs> have a seat. Oh, yeah. nice. Have a yeah. tomahawk. Yeah, here would the be turnover the chain. You get the turnover tomahawk steak on the side. Here would be the conversation. There's the, the the coach is then going to the AD, who's then going to the president, saying, "Well, look, we're just going to have to expand the uh, the field so that we can set up a a twelve 12- 12 smoker yeah. uh, situation <laughs> down there, okay? We need 4.2 million for stadium expansion yes. to set up our smokers for the yes. in-game barbecue. <laughs> I mean, Texas was renting like 5000 a day to have better uh, audio during their photo shoots on recruiting visits. Yeah, like, yeah, right. than the stadium. Anyway, I can think of nothing that symbolizes the Penn State effort on Saturday more than trying to win a fight in a tunnel with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's tremendous. Crazy. Soft all the Soft. way around. Yeah. Aerial attack. We're going to beat them down with PB and J's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not good. The Lloyd Carr tunnel. They have dedicated it to Lloyd Carr. Yeah. And it turns they love into that a tunnel. Uh, James Franklin said it's problematic to only have one tunnel. I'm going to say that his suggestion uh, noted, he's probably correct, but uh, I don't believe that uh, Michigan will redesign their stadium. Uh, well, uh, again, let's hope not. Let's <laughs> let's hope that doesn't become an initiative. Well, we had a fight one time, so we're going to have to redo the no. whole stadium. It's the beauty of that. 52 million. It's it also- the great thing about that stadium and Notre Dame's is there's no wasted space. It's just like, uh, here we are. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, except they did build a second entryway at Notre Dame. Oh, they the did? Yeah. Oh, it was the end zone. All right, yeah. I'm wrong. Yep. Yeah, because the, the drum right, couldn't Michigan. fit in it. They didn't big. They didn't build it big enough for the <laughs> oh, right. drum. Remember to fit into it. The world's largest. <laughs> That's drum. right. That's right. <laughs> well, now Texas is claiming they got. A, I got to get to that. We'll get to that another time. We got to. Oh pick yeah. Some games. <laughs> we got to. We got to pick some games. We Let's go. Pick some. Yeah. Another Let's day, we'll discuss this. this yeah, we're dragging this <laughs> Texas claim on the biggest drum. They're claiming it's a bass uh, bass drum or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. We'll get to it. All right, let's let's pick some games. We are overdue on uh, to get to this. Yeah, uh, Pat, you are 22, 22, and two. I'm wow. 21, 24, and one. Ross, 20, 25, and one. Sean, 19, 22, and one. A Why tightly have, bunched pack of mediocrity. First week, that's right. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, number 18, Syracuse. That's right. Number 18, Syracuse, unbeaten. At number four, Clemson. Uh, I believe it's the first time two seven and O teams have ever met at Clemson Stadium. Wow. Who knew it would be Syracuse? Hmm. Um, I heard I heard that somewhere. I'm not going to look it up. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's go with it. Yeah. Clemson is the favorite. Games at noon uh, on ABC. Clemson is giving thirteen and a half. Ross, who you got? I got Clemson. Even though that's a that's a big number, I just don't. You know, I look at Syracuse's schedule and. Uh, Really, no good quality wins. I know they pulled out that game at Purdue, but um, I uh, or it was at home, I think, against Purdue. But uh, I, I, I just uh, I don't trust in the orange yet. And uh, give me the Tigers at home to to cover the two touchdowns. Uh, definitely, I am taking the Tigers as well. It's a wake up call for the Orange. That said, uh, if you want to bet this game, I'd take a look at the total, the over-under, and I would think strongly about the under. Mm. These are good defensive teams. Syracuse has made big strides as a defensive program. Uh, Tony White talked about him, the coordinator there, who's done really, really well. They actually lead the ACC in scoring defense and total defense. Clemson is third in both of those things, but that's because they've already played Wake Forest. Other than that, their defense has been very, very good. So I think it's going to be low-scoring but I think Clemson certainly scores enough 
to uh, to win and to cover the 13.5. I think the total right now I'm seeing is 49 and a half. I, I, this looks to me like a 28 to 10 Clemson win. So take the under, take the Tigers. If this game was at Syracuse, I might lean towards that orange magic, but it's, it's a long flight, and this is probably the biggest game that they've played in a lot of these players' careers at Syracuse, so they might not be up for that, that moment just yet, so I'm going with Clemson to cover in this game. Uh, I'm taking Clemson. No, we'll see. Q's got to prove it to me. All right, Saturday at 3.30, Texas Longhorns visit Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, Texas ranked 20th. Oklahoma State is ranked 11. Texas is the favorite. They are giving six and a half. No respect on the pokes. Pat, who you got? Give me that home dog. I like uh, Oklahoma State getting points. Uh, I think they're they're a good team. They may still end up being the best team in the Big 12. Lost in overtime, kind of blew the lead against uh, TCU, but TCU's really good, and that was on the road. Texas, you know, we go back and forth, but the last we saw them, and I watched a fair amount of their game against Iowa State, they were really lucky to win the game. Iowa State had two just calamitous misfortunes on what could have been the winning drive. Their best player dropped a wide-open bomb for a touchdown, and then they lost a bang-bang, fumble-targeting, whole shebang sort of review that that stopped the drive. So I, I am not sold that Texas is back. Give me Oklahoma State to win and certainly to cover at home. Yeah, this, this uh, if we were allowed to pick locks of the games we actually pick, this would have been mine because, I yeah, I think this is like the lock of the week, so to speak. Give me the Cowboys at home. I, uh, I like Pat said, Texas, you know, they've, they've shown some flaws, even with Quinn Ewers returning. And Oklahoma State should have won that game at TCU. I mean, they just, they had the lead. They dominated. They've been fairly dominant all year. So I expect them, I expect them to win as well. Like win and, uh, and cover that, uh, well, they're getting points. So six and a half. So yeah, give me the, uh, give me the pokes there. I think that uh, Texas has been listening to you guys and is playing for that mulligan for the playoff mm. here. So <laughs> big win versus Oklahoma State uh, could set them up nicely for it. I have Texas covering in this game, you know, trying to keep uh, keep it alive and play some more meaningful games down the line. So my theory was win with Quinn, right? That hasn't gone so well. It didn't <laughs> go so well last week, I think. I, I'm i going to take Oklahoma State, too. That, I thought I was expecting a lot better offense out of Texas against Iowa State with Quinn Ewers there. They lost on the road earlier this year to Texas Tech. I just don't, but that, you know, they didn't have viewers. Tricky game to me. I, I couldn't make this my lock, but I would, I will take the Cowboys getting six and a half. I just think they're a more solid program right now, but man, I could see viewers torching them up and causing me problems. All right. So, number nine, UCLA, six and oh, Chip Kelly and the march to the. Playoff potentially, Pac-12 title, goes to his old stomping grounds in Eugene, Oregon. The Ducks are 5-1. and one. They're ranked 10th. Huge game out west. Oregon giving six at home. Back to you, Ross. Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, yeah, six six seems like a, a big number for, for a game, such a tight game, but the Ducks have been on a scorching tear since the uh since the loss to to georgia so i think the ducks win i'm just ping-ponging in my head whether they cover the six i'm gonna say that they do that they do maybe barely but i I expect a really close good game and i you know bruins could bruins could win it i i really feel that way but um i i don't know for whatever reason at home you know in oregon they've been on a tear give me give me the ducks to cover the six don't feel good about it I, I well, I agree that I'm conflicted on this one, and perhaps you know you're 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 influenced by what you see. And I, I saw UCLA practice on Monday, and it was pretty dazzling. Just the way they run practice, and they you know they look great. But now they're they're practicing against themselves. They're going to go into a a really charged environment for the first time. Their only road game was at Colorado. But if you're going to give me the points there. I'll take it. I think this is a field goal game. I'll take UCLA and the points. The one thing, UCLA's got to get Bo Nix on the ground. He's run very effectively the last couple of weeks. He's been over 200 yards rushing and like five touchdowns. So they got to get Bo Nix on the ground. But on the other side of it, 
Oregon's got to get DTR on the ground. He's having a great year. Really impressive young guy to talk to. Um, I'm going to take the Bruins and the points, but this one's going to be, I think, a nip and tucker. I am taking the uh, the points for the Bruins here. I, I don't think they're playing around. I think they are a team that's focused and they have a lot of veterans on the team and veterans understand how to keep a game close. Even going in late, they know how to come back from uh, from a deficit. So six points is a little too much for me to take Oregon. I'm going with UCLA. I love Oregon's offense. I don't love their defense. Good, but not. I don't. I, I don't. I don't love them. They gave up a lot of points. Uh, Washington State and and uh, UCLA scoring everything in the 40s. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Bruins taking six points. I think this game's gonna be a lot of points too. If uh, you catch my drift, I don't know what the over under is, but I don't think these defenses are that good. And in a shootout, I'm gonna want. I'll take a, I'll take that extra six. So I'll go with the Bruins to cover here. Number 17, Kansas State, 5-1. and one. Only losses to Tulane. Playing 8 p.m. Saturday on FS1 at number 8 TCU, undefeated. Could be the game of the year in the Big 12. Could be a preview of the Big 12 championship game. Horn Frogs giving three and a half. Pat? A lot of purple. That's, uh, mm, that's, that's a, a big one for sure. Boy, TCU was giving four last week and one by three. I was lone frog. They got me by a point, but I still like their team. I just think they're more explosive than Kansas State is. Easier to, for them to score. Adrian Martinez is having a great year. Deuce Vaughn is a good runner, but I, I think TCU, just a little bit better offense, a little more high-powered. I'm going to take them to win and cover. I'm going to take Kansas State to win on the to, to win on the road, upset TCU. I, you know, I, I picked the pokes, I think, to cover against TCU last week and Horn Frogs came all the way back and screwed me. But um, here I am. I'm picking against him again uh, at home too. I, I just think Adrian Martinez in the, in, in the Wildcats will, will go in there and if not win, hopefully stay, uh, stay within the three points. I am going with Kansas State here because I'm a sucker, uh, but also because I saw this tweet from Brett McMurphy stating that Kansas State the, uh, is the nation's only team that hasn't thrown a pick this mm. season. And uh, quarterback Adrian Martinez threw 30 interceptions yeah. in four years in Nebraska, <laughs> one in every 35 attempts, but has none in 138 attempts this year at Kansas State. They know how to use them, so I'm going with uh, Kansas State. Yeah, the um, Nebraska fans saw that stat and – we're like that's this is a different Adrian Martinez, <laughs> same guy. Yeah, it's kind of common name. Damn, it's tough. I think TCU covers. I'm going to take TCU. I, their offense, I think, can pull away on this. I'm still, I'm still reeling from Kansas State scoring ten points against Iowa State <laughs> in that game. So I am going to take uh, beating Iowa State ten nine. I think there's a little enough offense for TCU to, to continue the dream season. I love that the big the big game in the Big 12 is between Kansas State and TCU. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. uh, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very fun right, season fin- continues. Yeah. Finally, number seven, Ole Miss, as we discussed earlier, is at LSU. LSU is giving two. Who went last, first last? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Pat, you go I, first. I went first. Yeah, okay. yeah it's Ross. Ross, uh, you can go first. I uh, this this line has been crazy, right? I think it opened at Ole Miss favored by about three and a half or three points. Sw- it has swung over five points. Swung the whole the direction. LSU now a two point favorite. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna swing with the line. Give me the Tigers to to cover the two and and uh, yeah, win the game, win a big game in Tiger Stadium. I just think. They've been playing well. There's some, I think there's probably, they've got some good feelings uh, from the uh, the game against, uh, at Florida, winning like they did, scoring points, been able to move the ball. Jaden Daniels been able to move the ball. Finally hooked up with his uh, Keishon Butte, who seemed like he disappeared. He's kind of back in the, back in the fold. So yeah, give me, give me LSU to win a tight one at home and, and setting up a big LSU Alabama game in a couple weeks for the SEC West lead. Oh boy, I don't know what to do with this game. I was, I was, I was going to say the same thing. I was like, "Give me LSU and give me this." If the line's going, I'm going with them. But I was just looking at LSU's rush defense, and it's not very good. And uh, Mississippi, as I said earlier, can mm-hmm. really run the ball. 
and Dan Wetzel. It's another day game in Tiger Stadium. Three thirty, eleven 11 a.m., but it's 2.30. Yeah. 3.30. I don't know whether they can get their drinky on enough, so uh, I, I'll take the Rebels. What the heck? <laughs> it's a very sensitive drinking crowd. They can't <laughs> yeah. handle it. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Ole Miss here. It, it's it's scary that Vegas knows something that I don't, switching that lineup and favoring LSU, because they're Vegas. Obviously, they, they, they have some reason to do as such. But uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss and the the sulking Lane Kiffins. (laughs) Ole Miss is sixth in the country in rushing, as Pat mentioned earlier, 271.4 a game. And that worries me dramatically because, as you said, that travels. What I saw, though, in the Florida game was Jaden Daniels hitting another level and really starting to get comfortable in that LSU offense. I think they win the game. Two doesn't scare me. I think the fans will, after the 11 a.m., you know, I think they'll be okay for 3.30. It's like when you, you ever wear, like, those heavy weights, like, around your, your arms, and then you take them off or something, and it's like you're, it's just like, it's like stretching into it. It's not, it's not the eight, what they want, or seven, but 3.30, they can do it. I, I have faith in awesome. you, Tigers. They get up for the right, Rebels, what? too. That that's one that's one game. Yeah. That that rivalry's great and down there. They treat it like that is their kind of rival. Not A and M, not Arkansas. Like it's 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 Ole Miss there. They've gotten a little more used to drinking early. I think the crowd will be there. It's a big game. Game's on CBS, right? Is that the game or do they put a uh, put yep. the Alabama game yep. on? That's the game. Yeah. They're on. Oh, LSU wins it. I think it's a and it's a maybe the the first really big win of the uh Brian Kelly era down there. All right, those are our picks. Anything else stand out quickly? We can do another minute or two here. If you're still listening. We got to do our locks. Oh, we got to do our locks. I forgot the locks. Yeah. See, I got to pick a lock. All right, go ahead. Who's got a lock? I got a lock. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I I don't feel comfortable about it. I can't believe I'm picking this team as a lock, but – Give me Stanford at home against Arizona State. I think they're a two-point favorite. They lost 11 straight FBS games before uh, before upsetting Notre Dame and South Bend. So they got a little energy. They're energized, and I, I think they get Arizona State by at least two points and hold serve at home. Give me the, uh, the Cardinal. Certified lock. Really? <laughs> wow, somebody's picking Stanford as a lock. A oh lock, baby. <laughs> Riding the wave of momentum from winning one game. That's All right. right. There you go. For my uh, my lock, I'm going to the American Athletic Conference, and I'm taking Cincinnati, giving three at SMU. Cincinnati's run the ball with some authority the last couple of weeks. They're the best defense in the AAC, as they tend to be. Uh, And it's the Luke Fickle team that tends to get better as they go. They weren't very good last week against South Florida, so that gives them a chance to mentally reset. I would imagine they banged on them pretty hard in practice. So I expect them to take a a strong attitude into Dallas and play an SMU team that is explosive but not very good defensively and come out with the victory and cover the, I think I said three, right? Yeah, three points. Certified lock. My uh, my lock is going to be the Purdue Boilermakers uh, covering two and a half. They're underdogs at Wisconsin this week. I think they're way more balanced than Wisconsin is. They, uh, they're they 23rd in the nation for passing yards per game. Rushing yards per game, not as much, but the differential is uh, you could make a, a statement that there are a case that 170 yards a game, 133 yards a game uh, in the difference between the two isn't as big of a gap between 313 and 220 for passing. So I'm going with uh, Purdue to cover versus Wisconsin. I like that pick. I thought about that one. Certified lock. I'm I'm going back to the Mac. Dave Briggs, another of your schools up there in Northwest Ohio. I am taking Bowling Green. They are mm. getting six and a half points at Central Michigan. I don't understand this line. Now, granted, I am picking a game featuring a three and four Bowling Green team <laughs> against a two and five Central Michigan team. However, okay, Bowling Green's losses include like at Mississippi State and Buffalo, which is a really good MAC team. Central's done nothing. They beat Bucknell and they beat Akron. Uh, they got they got housed by Toledo. They got housed by. I think I don't think Central Michigan's that good. I think Bowling Green's pretty good. 
Uh, they just beat Miami, Ohio, which was good. A lot of Miami, Ohio talk today. Um, <laughs> I am taking the Bowling Green Falcons on the road with six and a half. Go into Mount Pleasant and and cover, if not win this game. There you go. Certified lock. All right, Maction. Maction Fans, baby. yes. Mac, there's, a, there's money to be made in the Maction. You just got mm-hmm. to read the trends. Got to read the trends. <laughs> Toledo came through. Bowling Green. Let's go. My other one would have been Miami, Ohio covering, but. Uh, <laughs> it's mm. become a Miami of Ohio podcast here. I just, more Miami, Ohio references in one show. <laughs> so this is the other one I would look at, but Miami, uh, Miami, Ohio is giving six and a half. Western Michigan is horrible. Miami, Ohio is not bad, but again, another three and four, two and five game. Eh, if you're picking these games, you may have a problem. CBS Sportsnet, though, carrying the Miami, Ohio game. Go Red Hawks. Go Red Hawks. Where do the kids under 21 join? <laughs> My girl. Where? My girl. That is the I would offer immediate scholarship. You're coming here. If I had been in charge of Miami, Ohio, I would have been I would have found that story out and offered that young lady, that fine young scholar, a uh, thing. We that's the spirit we need around here. All right. That's our show. Continue to listen. We appreciate you guys. Continue to share us. Tell your friends about us. Keep a bit, keep us in business, please. We have to beg. We are who we are. And uh, we will uh, be back Sunday to overreact to all of this. Talk to you later.